Hey, this is a repost of the podcast that I did with my buddy Matt. He is Instagram hockey pro training. Uh, and yeah, I talked to him for his podcast and it was a great talk. And I felt like I should repost it for all of you lovely people to hear. I talk about hot, we talk about hockey and mental health and the struggles and stuff like that as a hockey player. And, um, and we also just get into like our backgrounds and more stuff we're working on aside from aside from hockey. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. And I'm sorry that my audio in it is not amazing. Uh, we were doing it over Skype and yeah, my audio just didn't work out too amazing. Hope you guys listen and enjoy it. If you have any messages or whatever, hit me up. Love y'all. Later. Curious. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Hockey Pro Training Podcast. This is episode number 18, and today I sit down with professional hockey player JT Barnett. So JT is the guy that came on my radar via Instagram. He had a super interesting page. He seemed like a super interesting guy. And once I found out he was actually a professional hockey player, I knew I had to sit down, chat with him, and actually see what he was all about. It's oftentimes very easy to judge people based on their Instagram or their social media presence. But until you actually get to sit down with somebody, talk to them, and find out what they're really all about, I think it's hard for you to actually place any real fair judgment upon that person. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to see what this guy was about, and I really ended up enjoying our conversation. He's a guy that's into a lot more things than just hockey, and I feel like um, that's something I can totally relate to. Hockey's been such a big part of my life. It's been such an all-encompassing part of my life, especially the past... I don't know, 10, 15 years where it was my profession for a long time and that's how I made my money was playing hockey, um, that there came a time in my life where I wanted to start looking at other things in life and trying to learn about other different aspects of how to improve my life. And I feel like JT is kind of a guy that's on that same mission. He's much younger than me, so he's getting started a lot earlier, but it was still refreshing to talk to somebody um, who's experienced a lot of the same things that I've experienced and gone through a lot of the same things that I've gone through, not only with hockey, but with life as well and with personal struggles and all those things that come with trying to be an elite level athlete for your entire life. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I know you will. We talk a lot about hockey, but we also talk a lot about other things and other struggles that we've gone through. And I hope that on some level that you guys can relate to this. And I know at least a few of you out there will. So I hope you give it a fair shot. I hope you give it a listen. And I would love to hear you guys' feedback. It's always great to hear what you guys are thinking to make sure that I keep that this podcast going in the right direction and get as many people to enjoy it as I can because that's the goal, to help as many hockey players, coaches, parents out there that I can through not only my own experiences but obviously other people as well. So sit back, enjoy this one, and we'll talk to you guys after. All right, so we finally found a way to do this. Me and uh, JT Barnett sitting down for a quick podcast. Is that what you go by, JT? Is that that's the handle? Yeah, JT, Justin, whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, most people call me JT though, especially JT. hockey. Cool, cool. Yeah, so we've been trying to get this podcast going for a while. It's always hard to connect two different people in two different time zones, and you got families, and he's got hockey and life, and it's always kind of hard to to make that happen but we finally did it we've been kind of talking about uh, our podcast setups so far which is always kind of nice because there's not a whole lot of guys doing podcasts in the hockey world that i know of um there's a couple a couple guys have reached out to me but the ones i've done with other people they've really never done a podcast before and i've never done a podcast before so i'm learning as i go so it's always kind of nice for me to uh get some feedback see what other guys are doing yeah i totally agree with that i personally have liked podcasts for a little while 
never really listened to a ton of hockey ones because, like you said, not a lot of people were doing them. Uh, but I've always listened to podcasts when I'm driving and in between kind of like commuting and stuff like that. So I've always loved them. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to kind of start moving in that direction. I think audio is something that's really picking up, uh, with, especially with like the little Amazon Alexas and that kind of stuff in the houses. Now I think audio is going to keep getting bigger. So I think that, uh, podcasts are just on the rise now. And like you said, it's cool to see some hockey guys starting to do them. Yeah, I've been listening to podcasts. I'm 36 years old. I think I've been listening to podcasts since I was like 23 or 24. Like I was the early wow, podcast Wow, you're in the game guy. before me. Way, way in the game, me. way in the game. I was on the bus and guys would be like, what are you doing in there? Like I'd be deep into like an Adam Carolla podcast. Like Adam okay. Carolla was my guy. for That's all I listened to. Adam, probably for like a year. Every single episode, never missed one. Every day on the bus, Carolla. Guys had no idea what podcasts were. The entire time I played, most guys still didn't know. And then I found more comedy ones, and then I found Joe Rogan, and then I found, like, you know, some more intelligent podcasts. And I'm like, oh, maybe I could learn and make myself smarter. That would be cool just by sitting here. So that's kind of what I did as well. I just started using podcasts as a tool to teach myself stuff because when you're walking around doing the dishes all day or whatever you're doing, it's, it's more fun to listen to someone talk. So hopefully we can for do that sure. for you guys today. For sure. I, the one thing I think about podcasts is that you can get so much more information in such a small amount of time than you could when you're posting just written stuff on Instagram. That's why I wanted to get into it because as, as, as informational of the stuff that you want to post on Instagram, if you're not doing video or, uh, or some kind of audio, it's hard to get a really deep point across. Mm-hmm. And it, with podcasting, I mean, even in like a three minute segment, you could do a lot. I think you're, yeah, you're able to connect with people on a deeper level. Right. Yeah. Especially for me, for someone who doesn't love writing, like I don't like to throw down a big Instagram post and then have to worry about my 30 spelling mistakes and my grammatical errors. <laughs> then my wife's texting me. She's like, you know, you spelled there. It was there. I'm just like, oh, my yeah. God, I just want to get my point across. You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. some people are really good at that. I know lots of people that can bust out some amazing posts. And I try to the odd time. My writing has gotten a lot better, but I'd rather just flow and try to get my thoughts out there and hopefully try to help people through this medium. And I think it's, it's going well so far. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. So, uh, like, let's talk about you for a quick second. Where are you at right now? What's your kind of deal? Obviously you're a hockey player. I'm going to do a little intro. Maybe I'll talk about that then, but where are you right now? Where, where's the hockey career? Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in France right now. Uh, season just ended. I actually just got a concussion. I actually just got two concussions at the end of the season. So, uh, I'm done for the year. Uh, but my, the last one was on the last game of the season, but um, I'm in the, the French league called the Magnus league. Um, last year I was in Russia. I played in the second league for a bit and then I was in the KHL for, uh, the second part of the year. Uh, before that, going back, I grew up, I'm from Arizona. Uh, I'm from, I was born in California, but I lived in between California and Arizona. And then when I was 16, I moved to Canada playing the WHL. I played five years in the WHL. I started in Vancouver I went from Vancouver to Kamloops, and then uh, I was in Everett at the beginning of my 20-year-old year, and then at the end of my 20-year-old year, I was in Kelowna. So I was in four different places uh, in five years in the dub, and then after that, I went and was around the East Coast, uh, a little bit in the American League, a little, a couple NHL camps, and then uh, went over to Russia. Nice. So, Kelowna's got to be a tough place to play junior, hey? Dude, that's the best place by far. Like I, all, <laughs> out of all the places I played, like I would go back to Kelowna and 
my mom's from there. So, nice. so yeah, I mean, I love Kelowna so much. That was by far the best place that I played. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I try we, to get back there when I can. Yeah. We were out there last summer and the summer before, I believe as well. We were out in that area anyways, and just unbelievable. What an unbelievable spot or even just BC in general to play junior hockey. I played in Estevan, which is four hours South of here. So you can imagine what that was like compared to Kelowna. It was, yeah, uh, I know, I know where that is. I know where that <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah. my junior days were probably a little bit different than your junior days, but still, uh, still. A it's good crazy when you it's crazy when you leave uh, the WHL and you go and start playing like below the American League. Even some places in the American League, you just go back and think about how how well you actually do get treated in the in the WHL and some of those organizations like Kelowna. Was, man, I got treated better in Kelowna, like we all did as an organization as players than anywhere I've played a pro. Uh, even in even the KHL, like there, you get treated so well in some of those places in the WHL, and you, you're so young that you don't know what else there is, so you kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But like looking back at it now, I'm like, man, that place was nuts. Well, I think like uh, in junior, they know that you're probably going to be there for the entire year, so they want you to be happy. And I have no experience playing minor hockey in the states, but like from what I even talked to my buddy Rob a couple weeks ago. It's like you can be there one day, gone the next. Players are coming in and out all the time. So they're probably not as concerned with your well-being as maybe a junior team would be or a team for over sure. in Europe yeah. where Europe's going to have you for the whole year as well. And they want you to be happy and happy players play better, right? True, true. Uh, dude, on my one of the years when I was in the coast, we went through, I think, 56 players in one year. That's wild. So I don't think they really – I don't think they – yeah, some of those places I don't think they really care about, you know, you're here today. And those contracts are one-day contracts, right? Uh-huh. So you're – they literally don't like you that night. You you can be gone the next day. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a tough life to live. Yeah, like you got to you got to be committed to the game. That's probably why you don't see a lot of guys sticking around those leagues for forever. They do go to Europe or like they go they just retire because how long can you be kicked around if you, if your dream to make the NHL is dead, right? Because that's probably why a lot of guys do do it. They will grind that out because the dream's probably really still there. But once that dream is dead, and they know it. It's like. You can go to Europe, make more money, have a better experience, have a comfortable job, contract. It's just a little bit easier. For sure. And that's that's one thing that I was that I've been trying to talk to guys about. Uh, like the the first podcast that I did, even before I really was even trying to do podcasts, was with my buddy that's over here playing in Germany named Austin Madaisky. And I was asking him, because he was drafted and he played in Columbus's organization and it was in the AHL All-Star game. Like he had a good career. And I was asking him, when is the point where you're like, look. I still want to be a hockey player and I love hockey, but like, you know, I've recognized that the NHL like isn't going to happen. And then you have to make the decision, like, what's the next step? Like, am I looking for experience, which is where guy like a good experience, which is where guys go over to the East Coast or like, I mean, not the East Coast, go over to Europe. Or am I looking to get like a, a, a schooling out of it where guys go CIS? So you got to kind of make that decision, like. What do I, what am I looking for now? And for me, that was, you know, I want to get experience. Like that's the, that's the one thing I really wanted was to keep being able to play and make money and you can make more money in Europe and, uh, get that experience of life and be able to travel and kind of stuff like that. So it comes to the point where you do make that decision. And I think that happens for everybody. So knowing what you kind of want to do is, is important. So for you, you would have had five years of schooling paid for, correct? Because you played five years five, in Western. Yeah. I would have had five years of schooling, but I actually used two of those uh, after my first year of in the coast. 
I used two of them because I went to acting school for two years in the summer. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> so, so is that yeah, was paid so, for as well? So they paid for that because they'll pay for any schooling uh, as long as it's furthering education. Nice. So they, yeah. So I was like, I want to use it for something. I was going to do it for music production, uh, but I was just like, let's do it. Let's go into acting. So I did it for two years and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. That's cool. Like that's the thing. People always ask me like, should I play major junior or like, should I go, you know, the college route or whatever? It's like, first of all, I'm probably the wrong guy to be asking, but you can still go play major junior, then go back and play, go to school. Like the, yeah, like the team here in Saskatchewan, like the U of S team here, stacked. Like it's some of the yep. best hockey in the country. It's just all Western guy, five-year Western guys that want to now take that schooling that's paid for, get an education and keep playing hockey. It's unbelievable yeah. hockey. 100%. Dude, I think if I was Canadian, I think if I was Canadian, I would have done CIS. Like, uh, because it's because you can get your schooling, it's so much fun from what I've heard. Like, everybody yeah. that I've talked to has said it's a great time. You're still getting to play, and you get that education, and it's all paid for. And I think even some of the guys that I was with, are you kind of get money on the side, right? Because you get something, you get it all paid for, and then mm-hmm. you get some. So you're still making a little bit of money to, like, live off of. Uh, the only reason I didn't do that was just, I was, I think I was done being away from my family. I was done being away from home for so long. And then, so, so being in the coast, I got to go play in Ontario, which was closer. And then I just kind of followed that, that kind of path a little bit. But I think CIS is, I mean, that's a great option. If I was Canadian, I would have considered it for sure. Yeah. I played one year pro and then I came home and all my buddies, I played junior A, so I never played West in the Western league, but all my buddy, a lot of my buddies played in the Western league. They were going to the U of S. I lived with my best friend who was playing on the team. So I'm like, and so oh, okay. I, I couldn't actually play because I played a year pro. I had to sit out a year. I had a yep. red shirt, quote unquote, but I talked about this last podcast. I don't even think I was good enough to make that team. It was so stacked anyways, but I still hung out with those guys all year and I practiced with those guys all year. And I'll tell you, oh was, no way, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was unreal. a lot of fun. So I lived oh, the I'm life sure without is. living the life. There was no real pressure and. I dusted off six grand to go to school because I had nothing paid for, but I was just like, whatever, let's go to school for a year. And I yeah. learned, like, just like my mom said, I'm not the best student. And I learned the hard way, but I had fun <laughs> and I got no regrets. And, uh, yeah, it was dude, awesome. I'm the same way. I couldn't have, I probably couldn't have honestly gone to school if I wanted to, because if I'm not interested, like, really interested in a subject, there's no way I'm really, yeah. like, paying attention to it. Well, it's tough, but too, because those guys are all living the life, right? But everything they got is paid for, and they're being paid. And I'm grinding yeah. it out on the weekends playing senior hockey for a buck fifty a game, trying to get my <laughs> rent covered. You know what I mean? Everyone's so, like, let's go do this. Let's go do this. I'm just like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah, absolutely. To- yeah, that's a little different. See, I, 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 couldn't have, I don't think I could have done that. But I think it's a cool experience, though, like still getting to do that, be around your bros. Like if, you're, if you play, get to play in the WHL or in junior in Canada – you're around, you see so many of those kids, like you play against so many of those kids and then you go to school and you're able to be on those kids' teams and you're playing against all the other kids that you played against and with. Like, I mean, most guys, most guys, the only reason that's keeping them from going to CIS is that, that thing that's in the back of their head, which is like the dream of playing in the NHL. And they think that it could be, could be like, you know, this is it. I'm, I'm throwing it away. But actually, you know what? More guys now are leaving CIS or going to play CIS and leaving and going into the coast or even going into the American League. I mean, there's more guys doing it, so it's not even really like a dead end. Mm-hmm. So when you go play in the States after that, how long do you have to play pro before your schooling gets taken away? Because I thought there was like a te- deadline. Te- yeah, so technically it's, technically it's I want to say, one year, and then the ne- as soon as you play the next game of the second year, you're done. So you lose uh, all five years of the schooling? or just you-, you lose all, and there's a big, there's a huge controversy with that right now. There's a lawsuit against the league to be 
paying players more and to be against all of Canadian, CHL, Canadian Junior League, to uh, be paying players more while they're there and also to let them use their schooling for uh, for the rest of their life. So as many years or, or use their schooling or let someone in their immediate family use the schooling package if they're not going to. Because, dude, these these Canadian junior teams are making so much money. They're making more money than some pro teams are. Like some ECHL and American League teams are. These Canadian, uh, like Kelowna and stuff like that, like the big ones are Portland. They're making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're these kids that are only getting paid, like, 90 bucks every two weeks. Like, and then they get the school that they're supposed to get the schooling package. And when they get the schooling package, they play one year of pro and they're chasing their dream. They start their second year of pro and they get maybe an ACL or something. They're done. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they got no school. They didn't get paid. It's like, what do you do? Where does that money go? Like, where is that money going? Well, where is that money coming from? The team directly or like the actual junior? Like who's? So I think I think the I think it actually comes from. I think it's maybe a fund. Yeah, it's maybe a it's a, a league a league fund or something like that. Like that's I a don't lot even of money, think it, actually if you think about it to pay out. True, true, but I, I I would say if you look at the money that the teams are making, like they could mm-hmm. afford to. The league could afford to do it. Yeah, I'm not sure because we we don't we don't draw very well here. Like the blades don't. It's not like it was back in the the Nor Miracle Ryan Fujita days where they were getting five ten thousand people at games. There's like a couple thousand people at these games, so I can't see really? them making a whole bunch of money though. I think they've just missed the playoffs for five straight years or something like that. I don't really oh, no follow way. them, but I heard it on the radio yesterday, and I'm like, I'm sending in a resume. That's what I thought. Like five <laughs> straight years, I'm sending in a resume. This is embarrassing. I'm surprised you're not like a skill coach of that team already, man. There is a guy there. I don't know if you know the name Shane Endicott. Okay. I think he's doing it. He played a little bit in the NHL. I actually okay. don't have like the biggest skills coach name here in the city. I do a lot of minor hockey stuff, and there's some big shots floating around that have played like – you get you get five ten games in the NHL, you know what I mean. That kind of stays with you for yeah. a long time, and he knows his stuff. I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, no, that's still cool though. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm still kind of new to this. I actually applied for a job with them a few years ago. I got all the way to talk to the president. And I tracked him down, emailed him, called him. And he finally talked to me, and it's tough because there's a lot of guys out there that want these jobs. Like there's guys that have been for coaching sure. for like 10, 15 years that are like experienced Western league guys, ex NHL guys. So it's, I think I still got a ways to go and I'm not even sure if I want to do that. I think I like what I'm doing and being, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask, is, is that what, is that what the, uh, is that the goal, uh, to, to be a skills coach, like a, like a team one or, I mean, yeah, I like where you're at right now. I it's think it's tough. Kind of being... It's tough. I don't know. It's it's tough. If if a team offered me a job, I'd definitely look at it. Let's put it that way. There's been a couple okay. kind of soft offers here and there, and if there was something concrete out there and the money was right, I'd probably do it for that reason. If I could continue to do my own thing and keep building it and keep growing it, I like what I'm doing right now. If I could make this work financially all the way around the board, I'd keep grinding this out. I'm, I'm going to keep grinding this out. Um, and just yeah, see what the sure. next opportunity comes. You know what I mean? That's all you can really do. But I'm not really pursuing any coaching jobs at the moment. But I might, as okay. I just mentioned. And how how did you get into doing uh, all the social media stuff, like posting uh, about training and the, all that kind of stuff? It's an interesting question. Um, when I quit playing hockey, I moved home. I had no idea what I was going to do. I kind of talked about this before, how I kind of wasted a lot of my pro career just hanging with the boys and doing all that kind of stuff and just, just a lot of wasted time, you know. So I moved home and a couple of people asked me if I wanted to come out and coach. And then um, I don't know if you know who Colby Armstrong is, ex-NHL yeah. guy. Yeah. His sister, Tiff, opened a gym here with one of those skating treadmills. 
Okay. And she was kind of a friend of my brother's, and we kind of knew each other just in passing. And she's like, you should come work with me and run the treadmill. And I'm like, well, okay. I have zero offers. I don't know what even what I want to do. I just actually played a season before in Australia. They have that amateur league down there, so it's like they flip I want to hear about that for sure. It, it's unbelievable. We ended up winning the, the championship. It was a three-peat. I ended up okay. being like the co- – like I helped coach quite a bit throughout the last couple months because their coaches were – they just asked me to help, and I kind of just – it was a natural fit. And yep. they're like, we want to bring you back. We want you to coach and do all this stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't know if you've ever been to Melbourne, but it's like the, the best city in the entire world. So wow. I was planning on going back there. You know how hockey goes with the politics and the egos and the people in charge and all this nonsense. And a bunch of bullshit started happening. I was just like, forget you guys. It wasn't a huge offer anyways. Took this coaching job and kind of just went from there. Uh, okay. Started going out and doing some little things here and there, some private lessons. And to make a long story kind of short, I'd, I'd gone through some tough times in my life a few years before. And I, I always kind of said, if I make it through this, because I didn't know if I ever would, if I do... I'm going to give back and help people the way that people have reached out and helped me. And that was kind of my goal. That's what I was trying to think. How, how do I do that now? So I got on social media, first of all, in a completely different niche of just trying to help kids and help people going through rough times and whatever. Right. Okay. And um, sort of ready to tell my story, but not really ready at the same time. Like not even hockey, you mean? Not even hockey. Just okay. like life, you know? Yeah. And then you know how social media goes and people start finding your page and like, my page was under a completely different name. It wasn't me. It was just like a, a company name, whatever. And But still, it started to get real uncomfortable for me. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to be out there like this. You know, it was real weird. And I thought, well, maybe I can get into the hockey thing, share some hockey stuff, and then still try to help kids and help people any way I can by growing a following and getting people into the circle and then just reaching out and talking to them that way. And that's kind of what I did. I just started posting little videos here and there and just kind of kept wow. going. Yeah. That's awesome. And so the first stuff that you started posting, was it even, was it even really like hockey skills or was it more like dealing with like the hockey life? It was hockey skills. When I got into the hockey side of things, it was hockey skills. Cause then I had some business okay. ideas and I was, like I said, really into podcasts and I was listening to this podcast yep. called the smart passive income. And there were all okay. these people making all this money with their ideas and their hobbies and this and that. And I'm like, why don't I do that with hockey? This is what I've done my whole entire life. Like, so I wanted to put courses together and basically all the things that I have now done. Um, I thought that would be really cool because then you could help people around the world learn the game because what I found was not everybody has access to a skills. I know I didn't have access to a skills coach growing up. You probably yep. didn't either. And there's people in wherever, middle America, you know what I mean, Finland, whatever, just small towns around the world. They don't have access to any of this information. So I thought, let's bring them the information. Right. Yeah. And at the time I started looking into it. I'm like, there's nobody sharing hockey videos. There's no one doing no. this. And this was like four years ago. And then all of a sudden I went to YouTube and typed in like how to, and it was like how to hockey. And I was like, Oh, holy shit. There is a guy sharing videos and he's killing it. So then I found Jeremy's page and all the stuff that he was doing with how to hockey, but he was like really one of the few guys doing it. And so wow. I thought, let's jump in here and start making some videos and doing this thing. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a learning process, but it's, and it still is, but yeah. So, so when you, so when you started, do you meet, did you uh, reach out to him and like start doing stuff with him? I no, don't know that guy at no, all. Do you, do you know him? I didn't know him at all. I okay. still don't really know him at all. We talk here and there, but I think he kind of thinks of things and I could be just speaking for him and some of the things he said that we're kind of competitors in a way. And it's like kind of one of those things. I don't, really? I don't really see it that way. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but I feel like he's so ahead of the game and he's just 
really good at what he does. And I never reached out to him, but he actually reached out to me one day and he said, uh, I like your videos, you're doing good stuff, but you need to get a microphone, like a little lav mic so people can hear what you're saying. Because I was just sharing uh, these awful videos of me on the outdoor lawn, <laughs> just terrible, no tips, no help. And he's like, get one of those mics, start talking into the videos, start talking to the camera, let people see who you are, and, and that's how you're going to grow this thing. And I was like, okay. holy shit, this dude's awesome. You know, because <laughs> at the time, he had like 40,000 Instagram followers. This was three, four years ago. And I was like, how the hell do you get 40,000 Instagram followers? I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. And so him reaching out and helping me like that was awesome. Like I thought it kind of changed things for me. And I was like, okay, this is this is the way to go about this and do it. And he was super helpful. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, man. That's cool that he was able to mm-hmm. overcome not not feeling like he's like a competitor and just be like, yo, yeah. let's, let me help this dude out. And then so I've tried to do that myself as well and just share other people's stuff because I feel like if you can get the best information to people that it can help, why not, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I like. I really like that about your pages. That it's not it, you share everybody's kind of stuff. It's not uh, like yeah. discriminatory or anything like that. And I honestly think that that's the way that, uh, like, that's the way that I view everything. Is like, there's you can view it as like the world is uh, me versus the world, and everything's out to get me. And like, you know, if I if they win, then I lose. Or you can view it as you know, there's enough for everybody. Whether it's this situation or another situation, like there's enough for everybody to get their own piece of it. And I think like giving back and stuff like that, like you're doing and like helping people out is really the way that you actually help yourself out because I think it comes back to you. Yeah. And I think I've thought both, I've thought both ways when it comes to that, right? When I first started this, I'd be like, oh man, someone's got a website just like the one I want to do. I can't do this. There's too many people doing it. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's, that's just one way of thinking. I think now I think of like, I could do a podcast with you or anybody else in the entire world because I'm not competing with you. I'm competing right. with myself every single day. That's who I'm competing with. I'm not trying to beat Jeremy. I'm not trying to beat the other skills coaches in town. I'm trying to beat the guy who I was yesterday. And then by doing that and helping people and helping myself, maybe one day I will be bigger and better than them, or maybe one day I won't. But it's irrelevant to me at this point. And 100%. I, th- I think choosing that way of thinking just makes things easier. Like I know guys around here that like every time a new skills coach pops up or there's a camp – they get super rattled because now someone's going to come take a piece of their pie where it's like, you're doing okay. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job and things are either going to go your way or they're not right. But you can yeah. really control yourself. You can't control what everybody else is doing. And especially now when you see the hockey world with the, the Instagram, it's just, everybody does it. So it's like now you truly are just in competition with yourself to be the best you can be because the competition's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And if you, if you do look like that, like if you are like looking around all the time, you lose your sense of self, like you lose like what makes what you got you there in the first place. And if you just kind of keep, keep the blinders on and just do you and stay true to yourself and like respect who you are and that the, the, like you're going to get there or you're going to not, it's you competing or looking at everything like a competition isn't going to change the fact if you succeed or not. It's just going to change the fact that you're either going to enjoy the ride or you're going to be looking around all the time like oh shit like i'm be- sorry i don't even swear uh if I, this guy is better than me this guy's doing this this guy's doing that then you lose the actual process their actual enjoyment of what's going on yeah so i think that's 100 percent. yeah it's like that's hard to do it's easy to say but it's hard to do and i always sure. tell myself every day just keep the blinders on trust the process keep doing what you're doing don't worry about the person next to you and i think i'm probably pretty close to being there you know what i mean i don't For really sure. sweat a whole lot of things other people are doing where couple of years ago, I would. I'd sweat everything. And then even when I played hockey, I'd sweat everything even more because 
I had no awareness about anything. And, oh, that guy's better than me. He's a little bit bigger yeah. than me. Guy's better looking than me. You know what I mean? I'm screwed. You know what I mean? Like all these little <laughs> stupid things come into your mind. But like I talked about, I was just talking about a player before with a player before this about how most of the things we worry about are quite irrelevant. And you waste 100%. a lot of your time and your energy worrying about those things. And if you can really just focus on what you need to focus on every day, it's just going to give you a big up long term, right? 100%, man. That's the one that's the reason why I'm on this, like, like you talk to Jake and I'm, me and him are both kind of in the same place. And I'm on this kind of like, uh, path of like understanding like myself and like figuring out, uh, where I'm at and like who I am and all that, because that was what held me back with hockey is I'm really, really, really in my head. I'm all, I've always been like really into psychology and like the mind and the way it works. And so I would overanalyze everything, like literally every single thing uh, was, was running through my head all the time and I couldn't get out of it. And like, it just, I would shoot myself in the foot all the time. And I think there's so many guys that do that, but they don't even recognize that they're doing it because you do it in every situation in your life. And if you can just get away from that, like get away from yourself, that's where you can find that like clarity to make the decisions from a place of like peace and not a place of like disturbed emotion. Yeah, it's well said. I, I said the exact same thing to the kid before this. I was talking to him and I was saying, when I played hockey, there'd be a lot of games where I'd be sitting on the bench in the middle of a big game and my mind would be on something completely that had nothing to do with the game. Nothing to yeah. do with the game whatsoever. Something in my personal life, something from the past, something in the future. It wasn't in the moment whatsoever. It was like the night before I'd look forward to the game. Then during the game, I'd look forward to the night out with the boys. Then during the night out with the boys, I'd look forward to what I was going to do the next day. So it's like you were, I was never truly in the moment enjoying the process of playing the game that I love because my mind was constantly going and going and going. And so what I told him was now when that happens, at least I'm aware of it. I can catch myself and be like, buddy, like now when I'm talking to you, I'm just talking to you. I might be thinking right. about the next question or something I want to ask you or something I'm curious about, but I'm not thinking about my kids or my bills or my whatever. But during my career, that happened a lot. And like you said, I didn't even know I, was, I knew it was happening, but I didn't know it was a problem and like holding me back from doing the thing I was supposed to be doing. And so right, it's hard. Absolutely. No, it is. It's really tough. And that's one thing that I think should be taught more yes. to kids uh, it, when they're growing up is like that the one thing that's going to hold you back, the biggest enemy that you have is in between your ears. Mm -hmm. Like it's your head, it's your mind, it's your yourself. And if you can like separate from that, or at least like you said, be aware and acknowledge it. And like that kind of awareness where you go like, okay, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not like this. I, I'm not this worry. I'm not this fear. I'm not this anxiety. Like it's just this part of me that's been, uh, almost cracked or broken from something in the past that's coming up right now. Like, I don't need to worry about this. I need to just bring myself back to like where I am and like this happy enjoyment of the moment that's going on that's where you're able to deal with everything and kind of separate yourself from that, those fear, that anxiety, worry. I've dealt with anxiety like my whole life, man. But yeah, you're right. It's like something that kids need to be taught more of. And it's something that yeah. I've definitely had to work on myself. And the question I ask myself all the time when this is happening is, have you ever sat there and answered your question that's constantly going in your mind, nonstop, repetitive thought process? Have you ever answered that question and it, has it helped you? that worry, that constant, like, what if, that constant, what if right. this happens? The question never gets answered. It never gets solved, right? Nothing ever really happens. It's just going on in that competitive, that repetitive loop nonstop. And so once you can actually stop that thing clearly, then you can start to solve some of your problems. And if we're going to be completely honest, like 
like what I said, when I got into the social media, after my father passed away, I went through some deep depression, anxiety stuff that I had never dealt with in my entire life. Right. I lived my life as a normal human being until I was 28 years old. I had a random panic attack one day. And then all of a sudden I was in this. And then all of a sudden I started having all these symptoms, saw a doctor and he's like, well, you're depressed. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And I had no, I I'd never, I had no idea. It just caught me by surprise. And I all of a sudden had this anxiety thing that came up as well. Like you've probably dealt with, like you said, and it was hard because I never experienced it. And once I finally got over that and I beat all of that and I put it in my past and I started really looking at things clearly, I realized that I've been dealing with that my entire life. I just didn't, oh, know, yeah. I just didn't know it. Like when I was yeah. nervous in that room where I was feeling that was the anxiety coming up and my thoughts were just, you know what I mean? And then at some point, you just break, right? And that's what happened to me. And so I can completely relate to that on a million levels. It's, it's, it's funny that you say panic attacks because I legit have had, I've dealt with panic attacks for the past like maybe two years where like I've almost, I've almost felt like I'm actually going to die. Like I literally that's have told. That's what it is. Yeah, I legitimately have told. I mean, I have, I've had, I had three in like the past uh, like year and I liked literally with telling my girlfriend and telling my mom and my friends like, yo, I honestly thought I was dying. Like, seriously and in the moment and it's it's one of those things where you're like you had a panic attack dude like you have anxiety what come on man like be a man like be tougher like you it's anxiety like just don't worry about it don't think about <laughs> yeah. it and it's so that's the thing where it's like all of these psychological things that these these problems that people don't understand so they just chalk it up as insignificant mm -hmm. and it's really so much deeper and so much so much more uh of a, of a big deal than it's looked at, but it's, but it, there's such a stigma for going and, and being, uh, an anxious person or being somebody that is depressed or is like down, like it makes you feel like you're, uh, like you're small and like, you know, you're, you're weak. And so no one deals with it or no one talks about it when really it's not even, it's not even you. It's just something that's happened in your past that's being re-stimulated. And so now it's coming up in the present as a problem and your mind has all these thoughts going like, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm going to pass out like all this stuff that it's which what you were saying before, where you, if you're aware and you can uh, bring yourself back to the present, you can kind of let those things go and they don't affect you as much. Yeah. And like, that's the thing you talked about when you said kids need to be taught this stuff. Like when I had this panic attack, I had one in my life and it kind of kickstarted all these other issues. And I had never even, like, I I'd probably heard the term panic attack somewhere in my life but I had no idea what it was. I had never talked Damn. to anybody about it. I had never been around anybody that it, the conversation had never been around me. I'd never seen it in a movie. And so we were walking around downtown in Holland and me and my girlfriend, my now wife, and I said, we got to get out of here. There's something seriously wrong. And then after all those crazy symptoms passed and I got home and I chilled out, I started looking into this and I was like, holy shit, I just had a panic attack. And so for me, I did something that was probably stupid and I didn't go see a doctor for a while because I was, I was really worried about something was, I thought something was really wrong with me. Like I thought Same something was I. really wrong with me. So I just left yeah. it go. And so all that worry, all that stress just compounded and compounded and compounded and just made things worse. But what happened was once I realized what it was and talked to other people who had been there, my whole world changed. It's not normal, but it is, it's fairly normal. This happens to everybody. And my brother who works in the mental health world, he was saying the stats are like one in five people will have a depressive or anxiety issue in their life. And I'm like, that's, that's bullshit. Like you tell me one in three people have never been anxious or sad yeah. or down. I'd say one in five people might get diagnosed, 
because if my wife didn't right. force me to go see the team doctor, I never would have probably. I Maybe I would have, but I'm a tough guy. I can handle it, blah, 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 all that nonsense. And so I think a lot of people are out there struggling who don't even know they're struggling. Or they do and they sure. don't want to admit it for whatever reason. For sure. Yeah, it, it 100%. And like you were saying, like you, when you do go through something like that, you actually do think like – something's up. You know, I thought when I went through it, I thought I was epileptic. Like I was in the first one that I had was in a spinning class and it was like the lights were going and I thought I legit had like an epileptic seizure and I left and I was like, dude, I have epilepsy like hundred percent. And I I was like, I was freaking out. And I went to the doctor and he was like, no man, it's just a panic attack. And then I'm like, dude, I've heard stories of people having panic attacks. And I honestly, myself like chalked up as like, it's not that serious. You know, you get like a little tense and you're like, that's it. It goes away. But it's real. It's like real stuff. And like same with that. Same with anxiety. Like people are really struggling, but they're so but they're scared because they don't want to be judged and they don't want to be like like uh, chalked up as the dude that is the anxious one. Or, you know, you can't bring him anywhere because he's going to have a panic attack. And it's it's something that needs to be way more um, made way more comfortable and easy to like to go approach people about. And that's why the anxiety thing is so tough. And that's, that's, that's why I wanted to get on social media in the first place. Cause I wanted to help people with that depression, and that anxiety, because for me, Great. I think that I came out of that real quick. It was, I was, it was tough. It was a hard, maybe couple of years, year, whatever it was, but I came out of it real quick. And I learned a lot of things about anxiety where it's like that anxiety is, does not touch my life. I'm in no danger of having a panic attack. I would say ever again. I just, I just don't think it's possible for it to happen. It could happen, but just everything I've learned in the way I've learned the mind works and the body works and everything kind of works together. I understand why those things happened. And for a long time, I was like, why? I was so upset. How did that happen to me? I'm so unlucky, all this stuff. But when I look at my life and the things I was doing and the way I was living, I was like, man, that should have happened to you a long fucking time ago. You're yeah. lucky this didn't happen to you a long time ago. You're burning at both ends. You're a wild man. You're like, your emotions are all over the place with hockey and other stuff I was doing. And your body's going to break at some point. That's why I'm so bullish sometimes yeah. on the nutrition and the health. It's like everyone thinks it's a joke. Everyone makes jokes, and even my friends sometimes think it's a joke. It's not a fucking joke if you've lived the life I've lived for the last five years. It's real life. Anxiety is oh, the sure. real deal. Like, it's the real deal. People think it's a joke. Wait till you can't leave your house because your body's freaking out, and you're sweating, and you're nervous, and you're going to every yeah. single game like that for a year. Wait till that's no, how you absolutely. feel. That's all you can think about. It's real well, life. And that, uh, that stuff, like that, uh, the, the stuff that you put aside, uh, like the, the stuff that you don't deal with, you think like when you're putting it aside, it just goes away. But what actually happens is energy doesn't dissipate, it dissipate, it just grows. So, so it just, uh, it just, it just keeps, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you keep pushing it aside. Like, I, I don't want to deal with that. Like, that's not a big deal. And then it just keeps getting bigger. And against that point that you're talking about where you just have this breakdown and you're just end up sitting crying on a couch. You're like, where did this come from? Like <laughs> you, you look at you, you get a text from, you get a text from a gr- your, your girlfriend or one of your friends that just cracks you. And you're like, what just happened? This was just like such a simple thing. Well, it's not the simple thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. It's the compound of all these years of you putting aside these energies and these like, uh, versions of yourself that you haven't taken care of that are just coming up, up to this exact moment and just cracking. Yeah, it's, that's it's true, and it's also the compound effect of not knowing how to live. Like life is hard, life is stressful. Things happen in people's lives, and we have no idea how to deal with them. Right? For the most true. part, we have no idea how to eat. We have no idea how to breathe. We have no idea. We don't know how to exercise. We play hockey, but that's probably it, right? We have no idea how to calm down. 
And so when a major stressor comes your way, how did I deal with it? My dad got brain cancer and died within two years. He was perfectly normal till he was whatever, 50 years old. Then he got Jeez, brain cancer and died. That. Yeah, it was, it was 10 years ago. But like that was kind of the – how did I deal with that? I dealt with that by hanging out with my buddies, smoking pot, distracting myself any way I could, avoiding the situation any way I possibly could. And so what's going to happen? Like you said, those feelings don't just disappear. Right. I just I never dealt with it at all. But then one day I was forced to deal with it. And now, whatever, seven, eight years later, I'm a person today that I was not 10 years ago because I've yeah. dealt with it. And I've you know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to make hard decisions in your life that are going to serve the better good long term, but you don't realize in the moment. So it's difficult. Sure. You don't grow up. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know how to cope. And neither did I, man. Like I had no clue. You're never taught it, though. Exactly. How are you supposed to know? That's. And it blows my mind once I do get more and more into this kind of stuff that I'm like, I feel so much better now that I actually did deal with it. And you just look back and be like, dude, if I would have known this kind of stuff or if I would have actually understood it and had a grasp on it like that, this is normal and this is what you're supposed to do to free yourself. Mm -hmm. I would have been doing it so long ago. And I mean, who knows where where I would have been, but like it, it can help so many people because that's something that like we were saying, it's not taught. No. It's not taught to you. You're taught to run through walls yeah. and you're taught to put your emotions on the back burner and just, you know, get out there and deal with the life that's going on. But really it's like, you know, it's back there and it's just coming bigger and bigger and bigger. Man, I, I played a whole season going through this depression. I've never really shared this much, but I, I don't really care anymore on medication and every I, the entire season, every single game, I thought like the symptoms I was going through were insane. Like I thought my legs were going to collapse. I thought I was going to, my body was so weak. I was so fucked up. But I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew. And this was this was because of anxiety and depression. This is the depress. This is when I was diagnosed as being depressed. And, yeah, yeah. And so nobody knew, and I didn't want anybody to know. Nobody was gonna know. And so, like you said, I'm gonna run through a wall. I'm gonna put my head down, and I'm not gonna, because because God forbid somebody would know, right? God forbid someone would find out that my brain's broken. If my arm was broken, I'd be a tough guy. If my leg was broken, I'm a hero. I could keep playing because my yeah, brain's a little so. bit broken. I'm I'm a weirdo, and at least that's my perception. I because I ended up do, I ended up sharing it with a couple of people because I was in a spot where I was just a wreck, and if I didn't say something, they were going to say something. And when I did tell those guys, and the guys I really didn't want to tell, they were so fucking supportive. It it almost made me cry. You yeah, I, mean? I think so, that, I think when you do get there, it's the people are supportive. But I think like before you get to that point where you crack, I think that most people honestly chalk it up as minor. Yeah. But if you really break somebody down, like my buddy, like I told my, told my buddy, oh, I'm depressed. I got diagnosed as being depressed. He's like, you just need to come out with the boys and have a couple beers. And, exactly. You know exactly. I mean? and I'm like, dude, you know what? To be honest with you, I've been trying that for the last three to six months. And that, that's yeah. not working so well for that me. Doesn't, that's not yeah. doing it, dude. And so when I finally broke it down to him and explained it to him, and even though he was a hard guy and he was a tough guy, like he gave me a hug and he was my man. He said, I got you for the rest of the year. I'm not going to tell anybody, but if you need anything, I understand. And I think... People aren't willing enough to give people a chance and explain to them what is going on because in your mind, like you've said, the stigma's there. They think that they're going to judge them. But if that person right. does judge you, then it's a win for you because that person's a fucking loser in your life and you don't really need them anyways. So the decision for you is easy because life's just going to get harder as you get older. Trust me. And so you don't want yeah. those people around anyways. No, I agree. I think it. I think it's a two-way street. I think there needs to be like more support on both sides to where kids do feel comfortable, people do feel comfortable, and also where the person on the other side is more welcoming and isn't as judgmental and is like, you know, if somebody says like, hey, man, I got diagnosed with depression, you don't just be like, hey, bro, you need to come out with the boys. You're like, yo, are you, is that for real? Like, what's going on? 
But then the problem is that just like us, they don't they don't know any better either. So exactly. I never I never judged him because I thought if he would have told me that, I would have told him he was a pussy. That that's yeah. that's how my mind worked, right? I didn't know any better. Exactly. I, I was I was ignorant to everything. And the scary part about all of this is that you think your parents know, but they don't have a clue what they're doing either. So when these hard times come and you want to turn to them, they've never been taught any of these things. They've just been like, when I look at my kind of family situation, it's just been head in the sand their whole lives. And so when yeah, tough keep times digging happen, away, just keep, keep digging away, keep ignoring it, keep pretending these problems aren't happening. But man, I'm not going to get too much into too many things, but that doesn't really work all that well because it's going to blow up and these things have yeah. to be, they have to be faced and they have to be dealt with. Yeah, absolutely. Like we were saying, it doesn't dissipate, it just keeps yeah. going, it keeps getting bigger. And that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of like what I'm trying to do now is just, uh, learn how to help people and give back to like under, letting people understand their emotions and freeing themselves of themselves by like letting themselves deal with that, that stuff that they never dealt with. Yeah. And it's not easy. Like, no. you know, the stuff that you had to deal with, is not easy. I'm not saying that it's just like a overnight process. It goes, it comes into you with pain. It has to leave with pain, but like, it's, it's something that will eventually make you feel free, free mm-hmm. of like the stuff that you're going through on a day-to-day basis. Like, it's not like you're living free of suffering right now anyway. Yeah. For me, it's been the biggest blessing of my life. Like exactly. I cannot sit here and have this conversation today without going through the things I've gone through and helping the people the way I do without any of that. And so That's it's unreal, like, you, you can look Happy at, you. you can, thank you. you can, and, and I said the, the day I joined this forum when I was, had real bad anxiety and I just couldn't get out and I didn't understand it. And there'd be people in there every single day that had gone through what I've gone through and they'd still be like leaving blog posts. And I'd be like, it would just mean the world to me. I'd be like, that was so fucking helpful. I could just, and it would just, it would really, it really did help. And I said, when I'm done with all this, I'm going to do the same on some level because I think that's how life works. And it's hard awesome. because everyone in the forum always said, well, where are all these people helping? There's only a few of them doing it. They're like, these people that are free of anxiety are living their lives yeah. because it traps a lot of people. It really does. Like I- I'm fortunate that I was strong minded and I was able to learn. And like, even back then I was willing to like really dig in and find the information and do my research. And I- I'm not living like this. I've looked in the mirror. I'm not living like this. I'm not, period. I'm going to figure this out. And so I did, luckily, and I'm grateful for that because some people don't and some people it's not that easy for. And so the first time I said, I read that, oh, you just have to meditate. Meditating calms you. Okay, so I meditate for 15 minutes. I'm still anxious. Now what do I do? You know what I mean? But what you learn along the way is it's a process of doing these things every single day for however long it takes you to get to the other side. And so like you said, it's not overnight, but it's like anything. People got to stick with these things to see results. It's like diet. It's like hockey. It's like whatever. Yeah, for sure. It's a change. It's, it's literally a change of, uh, of your lifestyle. It's like, I'm going to, I want to make this conscious decision that I'm going to rid myself, like get free of all this stuff that's holding me back on a day-to-day basis. And it's not, like you said, it's not easy. And so if we take it back to like a hockey perspective, like I said yesterday in a post, everybody says they want something, but it really comes down to like, how bad do you actually want it? Like I wanted to play in the NHL. When I was 20 years old and I was 3,000 miles from the NHL, I still wanted to play in the NHL and thought that I could. But my lifestyle and my rea- my actions every single day didn't map to that dream, right? They just didn't. They weren't even close. I was at like a 2 and I had to be at a 10. And so when it came to yep. this, I'm like, I'm not doing that again. So like three and a half years ago, I quit drinking. Ten and a half, ten years ago, I quit eating all kinds. I changed my diet completely. And I didn't get better overnight, but over time and every single day and figuring out the things that are hurting me, I just stopped doing them. 
And that's what a lot of people just don't do. They just keep hurting yeah. themselves every single day and they can't get out of their own way. And it's hard because I sure. still do it from for certain things here time to time as well. But it's just that process of getting started, I think. And especially from a hockey perspective, it's like you can't just say you want it. Everyone wants it. We all want to make the NHL, right? We all want to be Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux on Team Canada. But it's like your actions have to map to that on a consistent basis to make it happen. Yeah, hundred percent. That and that goes all the way back to what we were saying at the very beginning, where it's put your blinders on. Yeah. Uh, stop. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Recognize, like, once you recognize how bad you want it, if you recognize that that's what you want, then stop looking around and just, you know, do it. Like, just, you know, if you put the work in or dedicate yourself to the craft. And if you don't get there, then you don't get there. But you can look yourself in the mirror every day and be like, you know what, man, I fucking did it. Like, I tried my hardest. Mm-hmm. I can live with myself. I can. Lo- I'm gonna look at the next thing that I can do, and I'm gonna apply the same amount of of effort to that and one of these days one of these things that i try that i'm applying this effort to will be successful for sure and it's like you just got to start enjoying the process if that's all you worry about that's your whole focus of every single day then your mind can just kind of relax and you can kind of just take some of that stress and that pressure off whereas like for me and i'm sure for you you were always worried about being drafted and being signed by the next team and being picked up by this junior team or your ice time or the power play or you're worried about all this stuff where if you just worried about showing up and working every day you know how all that energy to put into that. You know how all that stress off your back to just play your yeah. game and kind of flow. And and that's kind of yeah, the place I'm just working on trying to get to every single day and not worrying about this guy or that guy or this business opportunity or that. It's just like, what do I want to do every single day? That's what yeah, I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it fucking hard and I'm going to do it well or just the best of my ability, like you said. And things just do come up. And if yeah, they, they don't, do. then I'll go be a garbage man in two years. I'm fine with that too. <laughs> No, but it, but it won't. I don't think it would end up that way. And I think that with when you're in hockey, like the way uh, it's the way that you approach every day for well, you're a hockey player that gets translated into your life because they're really the same thing, right? It's a relationship with your sport, and then eventually it becomes a relationship with your family or a relationship with your kids. Like it's all the same stuff. It's the same. It's the way that you approach every single day. So yeah. if you're approaching every single day with all of your with all of that effort and you're not looking around and comparing yourself to others and you're just like i'm going to give it my all every fucking day i'm going to give it this amount of effort all of these things are going to take care of themselves and you're not going to need to worry about stuff coming your way it's just going to come yeah for sure like you said if it doesn't it doesn't i think you have to be okay with that right yeah you can can give your all and do a million different things but guess what and i hate to break it to you you're probably not going to make the nhl that's a hard league to get into but guess what does happen though when you bust your ass and do what you want to do every day to make the NHL, you might make the DEL. You might make the KHL. You might get to play in Holland for 10 years and meet your wife who's beautiful and awesome and the best person in the entire world you've ever met and have three beautiful kids with them because you're kind of, cause that's maybe where your journey was headed. And so yeah, or or just, if it's not even if it's not even heading in hockey, if you leave, sorry to cut you off. No. If you if you if you get out of hockey and you still are using that same approach that you had to hockey and it say it doesn't work out even in Europe, the next thing that you go into, like a business adventure or something like that, if you're using that same effort, it's gonna it'll work out there, or you'll take it into that. Yeah, it's just a learning process, right? And trying to get better—that's the whole point yeah. of everything. It's trying to get better every single day. If you're a better hockey player, you're gonna be a better person, hopefully, and it's just gonna translate into whatever is next, like you said. It's it's not um, the dream is never dead unless it's dead in your mind. There's always different ways you can yeah, flip 100%. it and different things you can do with it and. I don't know. I think the mind, like I told Alaska, is the most powerful thing you could ever master, right? Once you can master that, you could be a garbage man and be happy every single day. 
right? If your sure. mind's in the right place and you're not trying to compare yourself to the person beside you who's working in an office with a suit or I'm sure there's tons of happy garbage men out there. Shout out to all you yeah. guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's your preference, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a, the way that you perceive everything. It's exactly. good, it's bad. What do you how do you want to live each day? Yeah, exactly. And so getting back to the hockey thing, I think you gotta just try to find a way to chip away every day. That's kind of my thing. Just chip away every day. It's not like nothing's overnight. Nothing Connor McDavid didn't get to where he is overnight and neither will you. So just keep it keep it grinding. Yeah, I agree with that. So what's the, what's, what's what's next for you then? Like, are you are you going to continue this hockey thing? Because I looked when I look at your kind of life from the outside, looking in on the social media as we all kind of do. When I first saw your page, it kind of kept popping up. Maybe my search bar. I don't know how I kept seeing your page, but I was like, "Who is this fucking guy? Like, is this guy a <laughs> hockey player? Is he not? I couldn't really figure it out because like your old pictures were all like kind of black and white model yeah. style pictures or whatever <laughs> selfies. I was like, "Who is this guy?" And then I'm like, "Oh, this guy is a hockey player." And then so I kind of started getting more intrigued and I was doing getting the podcast going. I'm like, this guy looks like an interesting guy. So I kind of looked into you and I'm like, okay, he played here, he played there. So like you got a lot of things going on besides just the hockey yeah. thing. I love. I, I, first of all, I love hockey and hockey's taken me to some great places. It's been an unreal experience for me. Uh, I've also always been, I've always felt like I was more than just a hockey player. You know, like I, I grew up, I did other things when I was growing up. I was in, I was doing music. Uh, I was doing, like I told you, I was doing acting. Uh, so I've always felt like I was just, I didn't feel like I was, uh, wasn't a hockey player, but I felt like there was more to me. And I almost felt like I was almost mi- misunderstood by, by the hockey community. But that was just me feeling like, uh, almost not, not feeling confident in my own skin, but, but I, I think, always felt like I was more. I think oftentimes, like all the time, depending on where you live, you get put in that hockey player box. He's a hockey For player. Sure. He does this. He does that. He's a hockey player. And then oftentimes we, we want to be in that box. So now you're trying to be a quote unquote hockey player and live in that hockey player life. And I'm sure I was, I did the same thing myself. Like I loved hanging out with just the hockey guys and being the hockey player or whatever. But so I can understand where you're coming from, where you had other interests and you didn't want to just be the hockey guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like when there, when you do get kind of put into that box, there's either two ways you can do it. You can go and be like, I'm going to do my own thing and build off my own, like, uh, pave my own lane, or you can go like, I'm going to go into this box and do it the standard way. And I kind of went in between, like I, w- I almost felt like I want to do my own thing, but I was like too scared. And I didn't really have the approval of like my dad and like my people around me. Cause they were all like, dude, you're a hockey player. You're not supposed to be producing music after, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to be DJing at oh, like whatever bars and stuff when you're a hockey player. So I, but yeah, I, going back to like, what I'm doing now, like I've, uh, now because of these concussions, I think that I'm going to be done. I think that I'm going to move on and not play anymore. And I'm going to move into the, uh, the other side of it where it's more, um, actually really what I want to do is just deal with people's emotions and people in the, uh, the psychology of it, but not hardcore psychology, like almost the emotional well being of players and dealing with the stuff we've been talking about. Uh, and I think that ho- I want to do it in hockey and, be around the hockey community. Uh, but I really want to do it with just all people in general. So mm-hmm. I'm going to probably end up doing something with hockey players. I have a couple things that I'm doing right now, but I think I'm just going to move into just trying to give back to the world and help everybody try and find peace and like love and enjoyment in their day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world probably needs more of that. And I've been doing a little bit of, um, kind of mentoring players of the last couple of weeks. I found that to be something I've 
it's been awesome. Like the last guy I talked That's to great. before this, I've just been doing it for free, just kind of trying to give back. And man, that kid was so aware, so enlightened, so intelligent. Just to talk to a kid like that at 20 years old was super, it was amazing. I, I really enjoy our conversations and I think he gets something from it. I get something from it. And I think experiences are a powerful thing, right? It's, it's easy to, it's hard to tell someone something when you're on the same level as them, but when you've been through a lot of stuff like you have, like I have, it's just nice to talk and connect with somebody and realize they're going through it as well. And I yeah. feel like that's when my kind of health journey turned around is when I didn't really care anymore who knew or what it was going on or how I felt, if, whatever. You know what I mean? If, if you're yeah. anxious about being anxious, now you're anxious because you're worried that you know I'm anxious. It's like this is a never-ending cycle that you're never going to get yourself out of. And like you said, I, it, it's hard to be yourself when you're a hockey yeah. player. You know what I mean? I've had to go through a little bit of that myself because I'm not going to probably say I'm the regular hockey player at this point. I don't really hang out with the friends I used to hang out with. I'm kind of doing my own thing. I'm, I've been sober for three and a half years. I'm a vegan. It's like there's not a whole lot of guys out there that – would put me in that box anymore. So it's, it's, it's difficult. I know exactly what you mean to be on the outside now looking in. It's not, not easy to do. It's powerful. I, I think you got, you got to be you, you got to do your thing and it's hard to yeah. do. Like you see so many people just doing the same thing as the guy beside them, just because the guy beside them is doing it. And people yep. tell me things in the comment section that they're just telling me because they heard it from somebody else. They don't even know if they truly believe it for themselves. Someone else is just saying it. Now they're just going to regurgitate it to me because they think it sounds right. Right. So I think it's it's powerful to be yourself, but it's also very difficult. Yeah, it is. You got to be all like we were saying, you got to be all in or else you do. And I'll admit that I'm probably probably not there yet. You know, I'm still trying to find my way. Yep, absolutely. Uh, But I do think that which is good. uh, I think that hockey is starting to change. I think that hockey that bought I think that that box that we were just talking about that I was in uh, that or that you get put in. I think that that's slowly expanding. I think that it's getting bigger. And I think a lot of it has to do with hockey going into non-traditional markets. And so there's all these kids that are coming out now that were similar to me where they had a life outside of hockey and they didn't, you know, they didn't spend all 24 hours at the rink. They didn't spend, Mm -hmm. they weren't just eating, throwing hay around, you know, like (laughs) the traditional and Alberta kids. Uh, But I, so I think these non-traditional kids are like, you know, that are actually showing that they are good at hockey and they do have a life outside of it. So it's becoming yeah. more acceptable and also more marketable for the NHL. Yeah. Cause especially with social media now, you can see some of these guys' personalities, like nothing exactly. makes me happier than like whatever the biggest guy in the NHL chain actually posting something from himself that he believes in. That's his own post. It's like, you see yep. all Connor McDavid's posts. They're all done by somebody else. It's all CBC or BioSteel or whatever his sponsored posts are for the most part. Right. But the odd time, you'll probably see him throw something out there that's just his. And I love that. Like, guys should be able to be themselves. Yeah. But No, agreed. You also, you if you're like a middle-of-the-road guy, it's hard probably to do because no matter what, at the end of the day, we are all being judged, right? It's just how life is. It's like how an organization works. If you want to be some hippy-dippy guy and you're on the NHL team and they don't like that, well, guess what? That's going to – it's going to affect the way they see you. And so you gotta, yeah. you're, you're going to be at risk of – you know what I mean? The, the, the general manager is probably 70 years old. The president's probably older than him. So right. you still got to be careful with your message, I think. I don't, but I some of these guys I do. I, I, and there's that you definitely have to have some kind of uh, like filter of like the way that you're approaching the post and stuff like that. If you are somebody that's really active on that. But I think, and I agree with you, uh, and I think that um, these kids now that are coming into it, I think there's a little bit more of a, a breathing room for them for because sure. – I think the NHL is probably seeing more 
of a of an of a return on these players because they are marketing themselves with a little bit of almost more like of an edge, or they're marketing themselves like with a little bit of like you know how football and NBA all of those players have their own style. They all have their yeah. own. Uh, they're all marketed their own way. They all have their own brands, and it's like they each have their own like culture almost to them. And so now that the NHL is having players that are like stepping out and doing their own kind of style, it gets it attracts fans more because they want to see that, like you were saying, personality and stuff. So well, I think it's heading more that way. Well, they're finally being authentic and they're being themselves. Now people can relate yep. to them. When you see like a guy like Jack Eichel, like you can see that he doesn't give a fuck. He's going right. to post whatever he wants. He's got ten million. He's you know what I mean. He's in that zone where it's like you're going to get rid of me because of this? I don't think so. So he's, he's able to do that. Or like Austin Matthews, guys like him, you see they're more posting some of their own things. They're not super worried about it because they're comfortable in their position. But like you said, it's just advantageous for the league to have these guys that regular people can now connect with them, right? For sure. Back in the day, Wayne Gretzky was like, oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? He's on such a high pedestal where it's like now I could probably send Jack Eichel a message and he might get back to me. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. You, no, you probably won't. Like I sent a message to John Scott the other day to be on my podcast. He got back mm-hmm. to me. He's like, send me That's an email. Great. Let's talk about it. You know what I mean? We're like 20 years ago. I couldn't email like whatever Mike bossy and say, Hey Mike, you know, you might send him a fan letter and he might get back to you four years later, but now you can really connect with these people. And I think that's just, it makes people feel better about who they're cheering for and who they're giving their money to. They're real people. Yeah. It makes it way more personal for yeah. sure. Which is what I think fans, I mean, I think fans love that because they feel way more part of it. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, I don't think they are actually cracking down on it as much as they maybe were a few years ago, as long as people are morons, which, you know, people still are and they'll still do stupid stuff and have the Evander Kane pictures with money up to his ear and stuff like that. And yeah. That's just part of life. That's just human beings. They're always going to well, remember? Push it. Do you remember like, uh, like uh, I want to say five, maybe four or five years ago when Twitter was still like real Hot, popular, yeah. uh, that... The, that uh, that LA Kings Twitter started like trolling people, <laughs> and that was the first time that any NHL at the NHL had any sort of personality, any any teams, yeah. any any kind of marketing was any sort of personality, and it took off. Right, yeah. and everybody loved the LA Kings Twitter, and so other teams started bringing guys in to run their Twitter. And now, if you look at the their social medias, like their Instagram, they even have Snapchats. All of them are real personal. Like they they do memes, they do jokes, they like tag the other team and like kind of make fun of them and it's way more personal it's way more engaging for fans i can't believe some of the stuff i see on nhl teams instagrams i always said i said it to I my know. buddy kevin i'm like what is this it's like a bad 14 year old joke and i'm just like exactly. i cannot believe they're saying these things exactly. but they gotta kind of uh, work with the market they're working with right what's instagram it's a bunch of kids mostly just filtering through things and they're just trying to appeal to them and i don't know i think the game i don't know this for a fact but it's probably bigger than ever right for people, sure more people i think it is it's more popular and i don't know it's an amazing game and just to see what happened at the olympics with all the with germany doing as well as they did and all these other smaller countries making it happen it's just awesome for the game overall and i think yeah people need to relax especially with the social media stuff like just relax people get yeah. way too uptight about their accounts and the things people say and as long as you're not offending people or like anything like that but people got relaxed. yeah 100 percent Hundred percent, I agree with that. Hockey's supposed to be fun, right? At the end of the day, life's supposed to be fun. How much time do you end up putting in each day with like the the stuff that you got to post, the content? 
Well, I used to put in a lot more because I was a lot more concerned about kind of growing my page and doing that whole Instagram thing. So I don't, I have no idea how much time it would be, but now not as much. I don't really, I'm not really in that mindset of growing my page anymore, but I'll say with the podcast stuff, it's a lot of time because we do an hour podcast today. It's an hour to edit it longer because now I got to like go through it. I think I've kind of uh, enjoyed this conversation, so I might just put it up. It's just whatever it is, what it is. But yeah, it's a few hours every day for sure. Okay. Depending yeah, yeah, on what yeah. you're doing, you know what I mean? This stuff takes time. The, with the reposting the videos, do you just use like yeah, that's, a straight that's, repost, yeah. repost app? Yeah, that's real okay. simple. That's real simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then making, that, my, make, it, making my own videos, then editing them and putting them out, it takes a little bit more time because you have to go to the rink and get the camera. And yeah, there's been a lot, there's just hours that's gone into it. Do you, do you know Brandon at all? Uh, Barber? Hey, Barber? Pavel? Have you, yeah. Have, do you know Pavel? No, I don't know him at all. I've okay. never spoken I feel like you. I feel like you guys would get along. He's uh, so he did his first camp uh, in Scottsdale last year, and I, did, I ran it. Like I helped him run it. I was like one of the instructors at it, and uh, it was the first time they'd done a camp. Now I think he's got like four or five this year mm-hmm. that are all like sold out. But I feel like you would get along with him. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. I've never actually he's, spoken with him, and he's smart with that kind of stuff too. The same way you are, like breaks really breaks down the skills, and that's why I was thinking about your the content that you put out because I know that some of the stuff he does looks like he uses almost like a screen record and then like can draw does it do the arrows or something like that yeah there's an app called uh, what's the app called coach's eye and it's really good for okay. that because you can do the diagrams and all that kind of stuff but okay. i don't know i'm just trying to figure out what my thing is right now and i don't know if that's my thing you know what i yeah. mean it's like well, there's so many different aspects of this hockey world and some yep. people do it really well and some people do other things really well and i'm trying to just figure out what i do really well and stick to that i'm liking it so far man i like the stuff that you post thanks buddy Cool. Any other questions you had for today or what, what are you thinking? No, that was good. I wanted to, the stuff I was asking you was about like the, the skill stuff that you're doing and like the posting and stuff like that. Cause I, like I said, I love all of that, uh, media, social media, entertainment, like all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that hockey is going that way where it's you, people like you and Pavel or Brandon, whatever you want to call them are kind of like paving the way with that kind of stuff that how to hockey. I'm sure there's more now, but like, yeah. It's well, starting actually, to be more and more. There's actually not a lot of like uh, like actual coaches out there putting themselves out there making videos. If you think about it, there's a lot of team stuff and a lot of like they'll show the players, but like people giving instructional video style, and that's why Pavel's True. done so well and Jeremy's done so well because they do a good job. Jeremy makes great videos. Pavel's super consistent. He's a good stick handler. So it's like one of those things that's just made for social media. Yeah. So it's, it's it's good. It's like it helps people to stay inspired and stay motivated and just grows the game as well just a different yeah. side of it no it, it does and it's a, it, like what you guys are doing is all giving back to the game and for, i think what you guys are doing is furthering the game more than you guys even understand because it's so kids spend so much time on social media and when you're in that market of of hockey and it's on all of their explore pages everything that you're posting these kids are seeing mm-hmm. and it really is changing it really is changing the way kids see stuff or play because they see this stuff and they go and they try it in their game because they want to get featured on one of your pages. Mm-hmm. And it really changes the game. Like, it changes all of youth hockey. So I, that's why I love the stuff that you guys are doing, man. I think it's unreal. Yeah, I think you can use it for a couple different ways. You can use it to kind of just put yourself out there. And it's like one of the things you have to do if you're going to try to make a business around it and continue to do this stuff because you still have to live and eat. And it's, it's, it's always been my goal to help people. But it's still you have to find another way to do it and grow your on-ice camps and stuff like that like Pavel does. And like you said, you're just able to reach more people. And yeah. like you think you're not reaching people, but then like the weirdest people will send you a message and be like, this person from here knows you. And I guess you talked to him last week and he like was so taken aback by your advice. And 
you forget sometimes the reach you have. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. Especially for someone like, yeah, that's unreal, man. It's that's crazy. pretty cool. And it's awesome. I love it. It's like the best thing you could possibly do is just have a one-on-one conversation with the kid for five minutes and change his day. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's the, like, that, like I said, that's the difference today. I could not reach out to Gretzky and him say, Hey man, keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if it means something to some kid for me to tell him to keep going, then I'm happy. I'm pumped about that. That fires me up. So I love it. I'm going to keep doing it as best I can and keep trying to share a positive message just the way you do it. That's why I said I like talking to you because I like the message you're trying to share. And especially from like a younger hockey player's perspective, I think it's important because not every hockey player is the same. Not everybody gets out alive without issues having come their way. And I think for people to be able to relate to other people who have been there and done it, it is important. And I think especially when you see the concussion thing from like years ago when guys were taking their own lives and all those tragedy tragedies were happening, it's it's hard to say if it'd be a different day if they could have related to someone who's also been through it and they didn't have to feel like they were being weak or soft or anything like that. For sure. For sure. I know for myself, when I came across Rick Rippin and heard that he was battling depression, it like it changed my life, man. It changed my life. I'm like, that guy's going through it. And it was like, then I can go through it. You know what I mean? And unfortunately yeah. for him, he couldn't get to the other side, but it just changed my life to know there was someone else out there struggling with the same thing I was struggling with. Because you think you're all yeah. alone and you, you are soft no, and you, you are do. weak, but it helps. And so for the stuff sure. you do, the stuff Jake does, it all helps to just get that message out there. Absolutely. Because some kids just want to listen. They don't want to reach out and talk. Some kids just need a message every day. Right? Exactly. Some kids that are listening to your stuff or mine or Jake's or whatever are seriously like, it's, it's, it helps them. It seriously does. And that's exactly. And like, if that, if you sit there, like you are sitting there and that, and you think about one kid that you're helping, like for me, that's enough. I know for you, it'd be enough too. It's enough. I wouldn't, that's all I would need. Sometimes you think like, ah, I don't want to post this or, ah, you know what I mean? Or you start to feel a little bit insecure. And even about this podcast, I've opened up about a lot of things. You're like, ah, but then it's like, I guarantee you one person will take something from this. For sure. Right. Or every post, I'm sure one person takes one little thing from it. And it's like, that's worth it for me. So Absolutely, it's all good. Totally agree. So I'm going to have to wrap this up, buddy. I think uh, okay, I'm going to go jump on the family train and start helping out here. <laughs> but if no people want to find more about you, where's the best place to find you at? So my Instagram is JT Barnett. Uh, that's really the only thing that I'm on right now is Instagram. And then my podcast is Curious with JT Barnett. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify, Overcast, all of those kind of uh, places that you can find it. So cool. Just how many, how many that, podcasts have you done? So I've done uh, four with other people, and then I've done like five by myself, just nice. me talking. That's kind of how but I've, I've been only doing po- it too. Yeah, I've yeah. only posted like I think four of them right now. Nice. So, all right, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm gonna do a couple more podcasts with this guy in the future. We'll just touch on some For more sure. uh, hammered out subjects and not be all over the place like we were today. But it's nice to always connect with someone for the first time, hear their story, and uh, I love it. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely, bro. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Cheers. All right, guys, that's it for this episode of the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I opened up about some things that I don't oftentimes talk about on the social media. Something I want to start talking more about, but sometimes I just don't know how to get the conversation started, when to get the conversation started, or maybe when it's appropriate to get that conversation started. So maybe the podcast is the place to share a little bit more about my story, some of the things that I've been to, and some of the ways that I've helped myself get to the other side and get past some of these things. So I hope you guys can appreciate that. And the only reason I want to do so is in the hopes of 
just helping at least one person. If I could do that, then all of this is worth it. Dumping my insecurities and my ego to the side to, to share some of these stories is worth it because I know how much it meant to me when I found people going through what I was going through open up and share their stories. It changed my life. It changed my perspective on everything, and it gave me the hope and the power and the strength to continue on. So I hope you guys can appreciate that. Thank you all very much for the support on the podcast so far. Thanks to JT for coming on and sharing a little bit about his story. I know it's not easy, especially when you're a young guy out there in the world trying to make your way to open up, be vulnerable, and talk about a few of the things that he talked about. And I just want to keep this conversation going, like I said, for anybody out there who feels like they can't talk about these things because... As a society these days, we've kind of made some things appropriate to talk about, some things appropriate to go through, and some things not. And so I think that's changing. It's going in the right direction, but I still think there's a lot of work we need to be doing. So I hope you guys are doing well. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, like always, just keep sharing it around, letting people know that I'm out here kind of trying to do the things we're trying to do, and I would greatly appreciate that. If you have any questions that you want us to get to on the show, feel free to hit me up on Instagram. A bunch of people hit me up last week, so I got a bunch of new podcasts coming up moving forward, some great questions, some great topics, so I'm really looking forward to that. So thanks again, guys. We'll see you at the next podcast. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I love y'all. If you have any questions or concerns or uh, it sparked something that I said that you want to ask me about, send me a message on Instagram at JT Barnett. If you're listening to this on Anchor, you can send me a voice message. If you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, you can leave a review or uh, subscribe. Or if you're listening to it, I think it's on Spotify. I'm not sure if it's on Spotify yet, but... um, Whatever ones you're on, subscribe if you can so you got my updates when anything comes up. And like I said, if you got any questions, please feel free to message me. I try to get back to all of them. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I'm out. I'll talk to you guys again soon.